you can start the show off, Lil Wayne. Alright. Okay, hello and welcome to the seventh episode. Actually, that's surprising to me. Uh, yeah, the seventh episode of At Your Service. I am your host, Carly Kantner. And uh, forewarning to all you out-of-staters, this may sound like a porn episode, but for all of you in the weed legal state, this is just another day in the life. Another I want to day. present my friend, Chase. Another day. Hello. Say hello, Chase. Yes. Hi, guys. How's it going? <laughs> yes, Chase does, in fact, work at a dispensary. And it's weird to introduce you like that because, you know, I've never known you as that really, and you really are so much more so... It's kind of limiting, I will say. For sure. But we'll get to that in a second. Cool. But kind of writing that note a little bit, working in a dispensary, not being your main identity or anything. What is work to you? How do you, how do you go to work knowing like, oh, this is absolutely nothing I want to do, um, but it kind of pays bills. Like, what's your mentality when you go to work? For sure. So uh, when I initially got in the weed industry, um, I just turned 21. That's the age you got to be. Um, in Colorado to get your occupational badge and um, I first got it just because I thought it was super cool and I figured hey I'd work with weed it's something I like to do right. um, at this time I already had my medical license at the age of 18 in Colorado so I was already like in and out of dispensary since the age of 18 and I just figured it was like right. the next step and, to success uh, in life. To, to success in life, yeah. I feel differently about it now. But, um, so back then it was a lot more like magical and stuff. But now that I've been four years into it, it feels like, it really feels like such a job. And I have to keep in mind, I feel like one reason I like doing it and I stick with it is because, I mean, I'm an artist. So, you know, you know how we are. I, I like to feel like I'm doing something cool, right? So sure. it takes, it takes that feeling out of it. Whereas, uh, you know, I'm not in a cubicle, like, doing mm -hmm. numbers, or I'm not, like, in a in a kitchen doing something. Uh, every time I had jobs like that, I didn't feel the same way I feel about this job. And this job, I genuinely feel like I have a, a good time when I go to work, and I can, I can do something that doesn't cause me super stress and anxiety, and that allows me to work on extracurricular things like music and friends, and um, would be how I feel. So when I go to work... I feel like I am genuinely doing something I care about and I enjoy because I, I don't have that bad angsty work vibe that I think a lot of people always feel while they're at work. Like, <laughs> I gotta get out of here or something like that. I thought I had caught you say something along the lines like, I don't feel that way anymore uh, when we were joking about like stuff. What, what did you mean by that? As of recent, I got moved to a new location and this is, this is, oh, this is funny that. actually. This is where it goes into it. Because uh, prior to this, I was managing like the big, popular, glamorous mm. store where all the cute girls from the city come in, and I got the dress fly. <laughs> the weed and it was shimmers, cool. it's gold. It was just a cooler location. <laughs> a couple months ago, they moved me to this new location. Exact opposite. Like I'm closing out oh. like at like just much large like like lower numbers than I usually did. Instead of the cute city girls, it's like a factory district. So we're like <laughs> a bunch of fat trucker guys. Like, uh, I don't even dress fly anymore when I go to work. I'm like, who am I dressing up for? Like, the big trucker Dave who gets his drawing every morning? So, anyway, I feel... So, in addition to that, it's it's uh, it's extended hours. I've been working 12 hours a day. It's uh, There's not people in and out of it. So, it took kind of the glamour out of it. And it kind of blindsided me to the fact that I'm still around all this cannabis, which is funny because that location actually has a giant grow behind it oh, but i'm yeah. sitting in an office all day really and lately i've just been like like having that feeling 
what am I doing with my life? I'm really wasting like my time in this place and like I don't I don't want to be here and that like kind of scared me for a second. That was happening at the end of last year. Like, the pretty people <laughs> the pretty people can keep it going. They keep but, um, it going. They keep it going great. <laughs> I th- I think it's those stereotypical things I had at the old location that people mm-hmm. that aren't in the industry think what it's like in the industry. Mm-hmm. It's just a cool, super chill, fucking yeah. cool environment with a bunch of hot young people selling pot and laughing all day and that's kind of what my last door is like. And this is, and this one is not like that, okay. and and it's and it's changed my perspective and my outlook on the job itself. Well, it's funny you say that because I was about to say I feel like there's this conception of working at a dispensary, which is you know you walk in, everybody's laughing, smoking, having a good time, um, and I was gonna make fun of that that notion, but really you just yeah. were like, no, that that sometimes is how it can be. Mm-hmm. But you're in a field where you're selling something that is isn't even drugs. all the way legal. It's drugs. It's drugs. It's not all the way legal yeah. nationwide. And so there obviously has to be lines and boundaries. And so given this preconception of what it is, but knowing that it's a drug, how is yeah. there actually a difference in what people perceive it to be? Like where yeah. are there lines? Are there a lot? So at the end of the day, I like to tell people like, look, like, I'm selling you. Drugs, like literally, like it's not even like like a pharmacy. Well, it is kind of like a pharmacy, it is, but it's on. more like pharmacies like, sell drugs. Okay, <laughs> pharmacies like, sell real, real real drugs, fucking drugs. Okay, um, absolutely. But I mean, honestly, in all honesty, it's comparable to like a liquor store in the way that it's something that like everyone wants and it sells itself like all the time. Mm-hmm. Generally, when you see people like working at liquor stores, like the people that like to hang around alcohol, and it's kind of the same thing in the weed industry we're just all people who like to the same thing and that's one thing i think that uh like helps with like the cool people and stuff that you meet it's not like a random office temp job where you're with a a plethora of people who all have separate interests Mm -hmm. you all had a common goal of Mm -hmm. like getting this badge and working with weed because it's a process to do it and so it's like a commonality amongst all of us i feel like so i think what people think about is that it's like an unprofessional environment generally is how I think people perceive it. Mm. Uh, like people from like wherever they come, like come out of state and they be, they generally come in and they're just like, what's up? I've had people try to smoke joints in the lobby. They think we sit there all day and just smoke blunts uh, and laugh. Absolutely. And I'm like, really, man, I'm really just like an inventory manager of all these grams of pot and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have and to so, know a certain amount? Like, you yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like bud tender trimmer level is just is just people that come in and they think it's super like unprofessional and stuff. But once you mm. see the backside of it, which really it's just it's just number tracking and and um, <clears throat> like keeping track of of this drug that the federal government sees as illegal. Mm-hmm. We, we really have to be on top of showing them how much every day we have on on like deck and uh Interesting. that's the main thing so um just a lot of inventory restrictions but, and stuff. Um, would you say exactly would you say trimmers then are like more at like uh you know base, base one base level exactly base level okay for the for the gross side of things and and okay. re- retail side of things uh it'd be like a bud tender um it's like bud tender and then you got like Maybe some some places have like a supervisor bud tender, which I think is kind of redundant. And then like where I'm at, I'm like assistant to the store manager, and the store manager usually responds to like three super rich guys that just own the dispensary. Mm. Um, 
But what's cool is you meet those guys usually. And, I, I am curious. And the dispensaries that. that I've all worked at, I'm not sure how it is usually, but they've all been really big businesses, and I've met all the owners. I've like been to their houses for Christmas parties. What? Which is interesting because it's a booming million dollar business you're in. But then again, that goes back to like the cool factor with the like professional factor. Like I still like see these guys. And talk about weed to them, even though he's the multi-millionaire yeah. that just like comes and goes. I see them and I get to talk mm. to them and have a tangible existence within the company, which yeah. also goes back to you know it's like a closer community of of people. It feels like in that industry specifically mm. for a job. Honestly, last <clears throat> episode I was just talking about you know like yeah. the thing you see on the internet. Sometimes it's like you really think your employer values you, like you're just a body you can be replaced, exactly. and that is the case in a lot of industries in the service industry and so i think it's really neat actually that you feel that way that you're like valued and you have like a certain place in the in your job that's really cool the general perspective outside of the industry or, mm. or people that don't really know about it is that it's just like like a big band of quirky stoners making millions of dollars when in actuality it is <laughs> but but it's, it's usually the stoners who care enough about it that, like, they make it a part of their life. Like, hey, I'm going to let this pay my bills. And I still get to, like, kind of live the lifestyle mm. that I want to, like, live and not, right. like, lose myself, yeah. you know, to a job that I don't feel like I can be myself at or something, which mm. is kind of cool. Okay, next question. What yeah, do you know about up? weed being the best thing? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not really a question. No, I'm just fucking playing. This, this weed I'm smoking right now is the best thing ever, honestly. <laughs> I mean, if y'all can't tell. So I know we talked about kind of like other people's perceptions of what a dispensary is going to be like versus what it is. Did you personally have like a little bit of shockers or like additional responsibilities that you were like, wow, this is, this makes this a real ass job? Like, like the moment I realized, it. like, oh shit, no, this isn't shit. just like a cool, I fun thing. I can make this like a job and a right. career, essentially. I got the luxury of noticing this super early. Um, there's a thing called uh, metric, which is essentially it's it's uh, the federal government's way of tracking how much like of this federal drug that's illegal to them you have in your legal state. And this is where it goes from, okay, I'm a bartender, like, to, okay, I run the store and I'm, like, a manager and stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is what I do now. So, my first job I got hired on, I got, I didn't get hired as a, a bartender. I'm not sure if I was speaking very well this day or something, but he hired <laughs> me as an inventory manager. Okay. So, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound very fun. I'm going to be stocking stuff. But in actuality, it's, like, the, it's the more important job. Yeah. So what I would do basically all day is sit on a computer with this, like, it's pretty intense. It's like a government website up with a bunch of numbers, tracking systems, and RFID codes and stuff. Interesting. So, and, like, an Excel spreadsheet and, like, and the, the inventory of the store. <laughs> and it was up to me to, like, keep Jesus. those numbers in line throughout the week, throughout the day. I would, like, need to, I would, like, be looking and need to, like, get on bud tenders, like, hey, did you sell her that, like, Gorilla Glue and not that Blue Dream? Because I'm kind of over here talking to the government. I need to tell yeah. them how much fucking Gorilla Glue we have. Like, seriously. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I did not understand how serious that was until I realized, basically, that is the extent of, of the retail side of things, at least. Um, the grow side, you worry about getting the product out and getting it good. The retail side, 
um, other than the glitz and the glamour of the weed is just literally usually some stressed out guy on an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> matching up like in, like hilarious weed names like Star Mama Kush like in another <laughs> system and like you can't even laugh about it anymore because literally you got this intense government fucking thing over here, window over here where you're like uploading the sales to it anyway that's that's the moment i realized it, it was intense was uh mm -hmm. when like you hear about dispensaries getting shut down and stuff it's because they're not complying with that system mm -hmm. and so essentially if they're selling things out of the back or taking things and losing things they're not keeping their inventory straight the fucking government hits up mm -hmm. like the colorado people who run the who like let people do like dispensary stuff here and that dispensary loses their licenses wow. all the bud tenders everyone in the store even if even if you're not one of the owners like yeah. if the owners were doing shysty stuff and just telling you to do it you lose your badge too <gasps> and then forever you forever <gasps> and you can never ever work in the industry again oh it's an indefinite and it happens are you and allowed to buy weed like, yeah, recreationally. Okay, okay, But, okay. but, but <laughs> you get banned from that, again, going back to that community that, like, you were in, you were in. Because once you have your badge, you know, you're working, you, you can just, you can go all the dispensaries, whatever. It's like, that's your life. Usually people with badges work in the industry because, <gasps> so you lose that. And that's how serious I, and that's why they're so serious about, like, keeping track of, of, of these numbers and everything. So essentially that was my job, like, as long as the federal government knows how many grams of fucking bubble kush I have in yeah. my drawer, which is crazy. Um, that's honestly so wild to me, because all yeah. you know is to, like, just do your job, and imagine just doing that, and then, like... Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this part, because this is how I've always known you. I've always known you as an artist, always known you as making music. Have you ever stopped prioritizing making music for work? Or how has it been prioritizing something that is a priority to you? You know, because it does happen. I mean, I found myself stop prioritizing my priorities. And, and it's, it's an, devastating sometimes. As an artist, you know, that needs to be the biggest priority to you if it's like the thing that makes you the happiest in this world. And so as of recent, <laughs> to get all deep about it. You gonna so, cry? <laughs> Are you gonna cry? No, um, so, um, he's gonna cry. <laughs> so my, so my last store was so cool and stuff and all that stuff that I could kind of like justify that as the reason why I was not like investing myself in my art as much as I wanted to be because I'm like, you know, I'm having a great time at work. Getting I feel great it. all the time. I'll be making my music when I feel great. And now that I'm sitting in this like kind of stagnant, slower store, my artist that, you know, that little itch you get when you're not doing what you like need to do in terms of your art like just like like knocks on my head all the time and it's like dude what are you doing like at least have like a beat pad and like write a song if you're sitting here for 12 hours in like an office and selling right. weed to someone every other hour mm. and so it, in ways it's kind of like a like a like a blessing, like in, a disguise. blessing in disguise yeah because yeah. Uh, I always find myself creating more art usually in my life when I'm feeling this way, which is like not necessary. I don't want to say it's good. It's not a good feeling. Right, right. <laughs> but the but that not good feeling leads leads to more art essentially. Right. And, well, in one of my episodes, yeah. um, my friend Zeke, he actually he does insane art. And something he had said is actually when he got busier with work, he felt like it had pushed him to work harder on his art because of the whole time management concept. Oh, that's so, interesting. I'm the opposite. And, okay, and that's what I feel like I'm, I'm figuring opposite. out is you're the opposite. Yeah. I don't know, now you have this time and you're like, now I can now I can do it because It feels like I'm waste and I'm wasting time, I mm. guess. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting because now he he um 
is completely unemployed, and he can't bring himself to draw. Isn't that wild? So That's he sits at home. He, yeah, he was like, yeah, I sit at home, and I just, I'm like, oh, I'll do that next yeah. Tuesday, because I can. And then that next Tuesday, wow. he says, well, then the next Tuesday. You right. know, so it's like this whole procrastination <clears throat> thing. But it's interesting, because there really are a difference in people yeah. when it comes to that. Um, all in all, I do think most service industry workers do have, like, this insane side talent. So that's yeah. why I like talking about it. But you kind of sure. gave some advice on, like, yeah, always prioritize what your art. What makes you art. happiest first. Right, Whatever and obviously that's a little bit Artist, easier said than done. <laughs> right, right. Your uh, mental health. Prioritize your mental health. This all goes into that. <laughs> that's absolutely another. I think big. that's what it comes down to. Like, because when you're doing the things you're yeah. liking, then your mental health, your mm-hmm. quality, of, quality of life is genuinely yes. improving. So another concept I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit is like when we think of like the business, business world. It's all about like who you know is gonna get you in, and then who you meet there is gonna get you like a leg up, and so like it's this constant ladder, like climbing the ladder based on like who you know and stuff and I feel like that's slightly forgotten when we think of the service industry but in reality for me I have met a publisher who I'm gonna go to as soon as I'm done with my collection of poetry you know I've met like people I can hit up for like other service industry jobs like I've met all these people and so I'm curious if you also feel like in your field if you have met or been blessed with or have um capitalize upon connections if you feel like the service industry has brought you Mm -hmm. as good as connections well i guess i'd say yes and it goes back to that thing i said about surrounding yourself like your everyday people are like-minded and so when i go to work i am usually around like-minded people which is like we're all kind of like like to have a cool chill lifestyle because we work Mm -hmm. in the industry right and I feel like that just automatically kind of like segues into, hey, dude, I also fucking blow glass. And yeah. I, I, hey, dude, I like design clothes. And mm. yeah, like I'm a buttender, but I love to like sing and write songs. Mm. And um, so, so, so yes. Cool and I feel like creatives. Exactly. Yeah. And, and um, as far as the service industry goes and, and it leading you to like connections and people that can like help you with whatever you're passionate about, I think. That is totally spot on with what you said because usually how it's looked at in society is that these jobs aren't sought after from childhood. You're not like, little girls aren't like, I'm going to be a fucking bartender forever. Yeah. That's my dream. Usually it's someone like an yeah. actor or someone chasing right. something other than what they're doing to just like maintain their life. All these jobs are, are, are people doing it just to like, maybe like get by and that's why there's so so many other passions and stuff that you find i've met so many talented like uh, musicians through this this job and and through service industry jobs and so many just people that just have like an like an amazing calling and and like maybe if they had more of that drive like we were talking about Mm -hmm. like like it would be more prolific in their life as Mm -hmm. far as like a tangible you know thing but I do think it's safe to say that in the same way that it's a step in our life yeah. like financially and like job wise it's also such a big step in our lives for what we will do because we are meeting all these people who are starting to you know we're grabbing onto this relationship grabbing onto this one grabbing onto this it's a whole step in the process in a whole different concept just in the way of like what you want to achieve who you want in your life like new okay. ideas that are being brought to you and i'd say it's safe to say that it's like a step in progress in that way as well exactly. besides finances yeah you are such 
a, an exuberant person, energy filled, like you fill the room, obviously A, with your laughter, um, but B, just with your energy, you saying like, you know, put the energy into the things you like and stuff. I like that, but I'm also curious, um, yeah. how do you save enough energy at the end of the day and apply that to the things that you truly love yeah. and not burn yourself out? I'm curious how someone with so much fire cannot burn out quickly. You know, energy in this universe is boundless. What's your source? But, who's your dealer? <laughs> like, okay. I got a really good energy dealer. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you about the, him after the podcast. What I would say is that energy doesn't necessarily have to mean your physical mood or feeling. Like I'm saying, if you're tired or if you're sad, having bountiful energy has to do with understanding that those things just come with being a human. But if you can, like, store that positive like thought in your brain wherever it is and just like keep it for the times that you feel that way then you don't you, then it's effortless being happy all the other times when mm -hmm. when the, all those sucky life things aren't mm -hmm. happening to you regardless if i got like no sleep when i when i wake up and i'm gonna be like t i know i'm gonna be tired as shit all damn day and i got a 12 hour shift sometimes i'm like i should be sad today I should probably do that. Cause yeah, today's today, gonna, cause today's today, a sad day. on paper, looks like it sucks. I guess I just reach deep down and 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 say, you know what? I'm like alive, and I got like people that like me in this world, mm -hmm. and I got things to be happy about, and that's mm -hmm. that's what I'm gonna try to focus on mm -hmm. these days, and it usually usually results in me being a, a happier, more energetic dude. But uh, you asked me, and I guess that's that's how I that's no. how I try. <laughs> I like it. when you stop looking for fulfillment in those wrong places, and when those wrong places fail to produce that happiness, that's how you're going to preserve your happiness because you weren't looking for that fulfillment in Exa that place. Exactly. Because yeah. it never will produce, and so yeah. you can't keep looking in that same place. I call us energy camels. We have humps, and <laughs> we store energy in the humps, and we have Positive so much humps. that if something like if a hater comes around, and you're like, "That's okay, you that's know, okay. I don't care because I have this hump full of good energy, right? And I can just shoot it right back out when right. you're fucking out of the room. So, right. the velvet pants, and I'm ashing on myself. What am I doing, guys? <laughs> Okay, well, great. Thank you, Chase, so much for taking the time to do You're this episode with me. I'm glad it worked out. Mm. It's always good to see your smiling face. This has been a fantastic podcast yeah. with Carly. Yay! And if there's anything I would I would say, it's find out what makes you happy in this world. Mm -hmm. Put the most energy you can towards that thing that makes you happy. Find some way to make you money that doesn't make you too unhappy. Sometimes it's annoying. But just be just be happy and spread positive energy, you know, mm -hmm. and do do what this girl's doing and do like awesome podcasts and stuff, <laughs> and just shine bright because twenty twenty one is gonna be better than the last crazy thing. So that's no, it. that's great. <laughs> and then for everybody listening, tune in next week. Say bye. Bye. <laughs>